Blog Talk Radio. An old Cherokee is teaching his grandson about life. There is a fight that goes on inside all of us. It's a terrible fight, and it's between two wolves. One wolf is evil, it's angry, it's envy, sorrow, regret, greed, arrogance, self-pity, resentment, inferiority, lies, false pride, superiority, and ego. The Cherokee continued, the other wolf is good. It is joy, peace, love, hope, serenity, humility, kindness, benevolence, empathy, generosity, truth, compassion, and faith. The same fight is going on inside you and every other person, too, he tells the grandson. He sits there and he thinks about it for a minute. He asks the grandfather, well, which wolf wins? The Cherokee simply replied, it's the wolf you feed. Good afternoon or good morning. It all just depends on what part of the world you are listening. K-Town, bienvenidos, namaste, 
Oki, and welcome to another episode of the Greenhouse Effect Radio Show. My name is Will Green, holding down one half of our hosting duties on our live broadcast like we do every Wednesday and now Mondays, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. Holding down the other half of our hosting duties is my best friend. We call him the Lions Historian, but I simply simply just call him Daddy-O. What's happening, Daddy-O? Where you at? You there, Daddy-O? Where you at? Where you at? I'm here now. You know, we were, we were both we were both hitting the mute, unmute at the same time. <laughs> yeah. What's up, Wilfredo? What's up? Oh, man? Man. How you doing? Doing good. Doing good. Another another day, you know. Amen. Blessing, Amen. You know, another moment to be thankful. So, yeah. Doing good. I had doing a, good. I had a day today that, that kind of robbed me of my um, expression. You know, I was asked at, you know, around 1 o'clock this afternoon, you know, so, you know, how you doing? And, you know, my usual reply is, you know, too early to tell, right? Right, right. And, um, but after such a beautiful morning, you know, I had to say, Tag, I'm feeling good. <laughs> you know, yeah, that was right so on. funny coming out of my mouth. It's like, yeah, man, feeling good. All right. I'm not going to get in the habit of saying that, though. <laughs> Oh man, you should. That's all. Awesome. <laughs> no, I got to earn it. I got to earn it like I did today, man. You know, you know, I'm just yanking your chain. Yeah, man. But you know, like what we were talking about as we were um, preparing the show, you know, it's it's you know, you know, our first Monday show, right? And today is Wednesday, so really only one day has fully passed, you know, in between shows, and I can't believe how much. Well, I can't say what I said when we were You talking. can say it. But I mean, like, you know. No, I ain't going to say it. <laughs> yeah, but I'm trying to. Yeah. Excuse me. I'm trying to improve myself, the quality okay. of myself, you know. Yes, sir. Um, and I want to believe this show is making a making me a better man, you know. So I'm, I'm, you know, BS. I'll just say BS. I can't believe how much BS has transpired in just, um, you know, since Monday. Usually, before we always had a week, so I could kind of write it off. But it's like <laughs> this is just since Monday, <laughs> yeah. you know. But anyway, man, you know, um, it's really great to be here. I, I, I love doing this with you, as you know. You know, um, it brings such joy to me personally to be doing something like this with my um, grown son. That's just yeah. an amazing experience that I don't think too many fathers get to enjoy. I'm not talking about going to a ball game. And that, I'm not taking away from that. I'm not talking right, about. Right, I was you know, about to say, what you mean? <laughs> yeah, even kicking it at a club or something. I'm just talking about, you know, actually putting something together like this and, and then going on the air live, you know, and all of what we put into it and all of what we talk about afterwards, you know, and all of what we talk about along the way. This is the full, this is the full journey for me, man. So thank you for, um, you know, giving me the opportunity to share this hour couple of nights a week with you and then all you yeah. have to endure along the way is <laughs> all the phone calls in the middle of the night will will <laughs> you know man and, and and how you just hold how you hold court you know how you just hold steady while i ranch <laughs> and then and then it's always well you know dad <laughs> and that's all you ever say it's not easy to say well, you know, Ted, <laughs> and, and then I'm good when I hear that, you know, so thank you, man. Thank I, you. Yeah, man. I, I I think what's cool is that it actually goes both ways. 
you know, because I can have okay. my moments, you know, and and like, man, what's going on? And you Amen. know, it's just Amen. you let me, you let me, you know, say what I gotta say. And sometimes yeah. you'd be like, well, you know, Will, you know, <laughs> you say the same thing. You know, hey, man, okay. you know yeah. we we yeah. we say the same yeah. thing. You know, we have such similar yeah. mannerisms. But no, you know, I I get to do that too. But that's but that's what's so cool Amen. about you know, our relationship and we yeah. get to share that, yeah. you know, now twice a week, you know, with people that yeah, take the time to listen. Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and still, you know, work in process, you know, um, it's amazing how fast this hour spins and, you know, I know you still have to do your, your, your prep talk, you know, with, yeah. with, with our cool. you know, cast of thousands. The <laughs> millions. How do you, <laughs> You know, and I don't want to cut into that time, man. So let me step out of the way so you can do the due diligence, man. All right, right on. Well, ladies and gentlemen, like we do uh, at the beginning of every show before we start uh, getting the the engine wrapped up, we just like to remind you all a few things. Uh, The first thing is to grab a pen and paper. Uh, Maybe you've got some questions or some comments. We don't want you to forget about them. You may even pick something up from from the green boys here. So um, you might have something you want to share with the audience and with us as well. So, uh, you know, we have a saying, why well, use a hundred words when a thousand words will do those that listen to this show know exactly what we're talking about, but in all seriousness, mm-hmm. grab a pen and pad just in case. Uh, the second thing is that we have different ways to engage. Uh, we have a chat room that's open on the blog talk radio site. When we do our live shows Mondays and Wednesdays, uh, you can access that, chat room with your free blog talk radio account. You have to set up an account. You can set it up for free. Nobody's been charged by accident. Um, The other way is our phone call or 516. Well, hopefully you got that pen and paper handy. The number here is 516-453-6094. And if you press one on the keypad, that'll put you in the queue. That'll let us know you want to come in and, um, I don't know, chime in and, you know, kick it with us. And when you want to get out of the queue, just press one again. As Dad and I like to remind you, you know, don't hang up. We want to keep you Unless here. You want to. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, you might want to sometimes, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I try to be caller friendly as much as my dad no. does, you know. So, uh, you know. No, uh, no, and no, the, no. You're caller friendly. I'm, I'm kind of. Crazy. I tried to, so, I tried on, to sneak let's, that let's in there. listening to the live show, make it our invites on Facebook. So, you know, maybe you can't get into the blog talk radio chat Amen. room, which That's is right. cool, you know, and maybe you don't want to call in, you know, for whatever yeah. reason, but the event page um, is open. Just go to discussion mm-hmm. um, and you can type in any questions, comments, or anything like that. You know, hopefully it's all positive and it's all good, you know, so uh, there's just a few announcements we, we like to remind you. Excuse me about. So Monday, Monday, Monday. Uh, you know, Dad and I, Dad and I, Dad, we had a, you know, talk further into art and artistry and music and movies and uh, right. the strong demand for diversity and stories. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, people of color are, you know, still not really portrayed well in the movies and TV. Um, but we also had a chance to connect. You know, one of the things that we love about our show 
is having this ability to bridge the gaps of generations. You know, when dad talks about his time, I get to talk about my time and, you know, even kind of include my son with it. You know, that's his artwork. Yeah. I saw the artwork for the show today. That's that's my son, Jackson. Yeah, Yeah. that's his work. What's up, Jackson? By the way, shout out. Um, So we got to, we got to connect a little bit. Yeah. We got to connect a little bit. Um, You know, we talked about black Panther, we talked about Obama, but most importantly, we talked about Sidney Poitier and his influence and uh, how it was for you growing up. So we wanted mm-hmm. to continue that, yeah. you know, and, you know, I digress that we can jump right in and I uh, can just continue where you left off uh, for Monday. Yeah, but actually, no, you didn't digress at all, but I wanted to take a moment possibly maybe to go off script. And I noticed there's somebody already in the queue. So I didn't know if you wanted to bring them in before we even go into our banter. You know, we haven't had, this would be our first, no, it won't be our first. It'll be, no, whatever. You know, if you want to bring them in before we get to going. Sure. I'm sure, cool Absolutely. Yeah. I, I just got so caught up in the script. I wasn't, uh, I didn't have my eyes on the studio. Uh, but yeah, yeah there was somebody else too, but they dropped off. So I don't know, you know, we're only 12 minutes into the show, so. Maybe we're already so trying patience. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe they were just testing the one button just to see if they maybe were in so. and out. So no, the call again. actually dropped off. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, hopefully they'll come. But back, anyway, you know? we do have. Yeah, but we do have somebody in the queue. So if you wanna, maybe they just have something they wanna yell out at us, man. You know, I'm cool with that if you are. Yeah, absolutely. I, I see here area code seven zero eight. 724, area code 708, just the first three, number 724. Uh, we'll bring you in here. Thanks for uh, listening to the Greenhouse Effect radio show tonight. How are you doing? Welcome. Uh, I'm doing okay. How are you? Doing great. Good. Uh, I just want to say hello to your dad. He knows me as Bubbles from 62nd Street. Ah! Right on. <laughs> What's right up? On. Yeah, but... How are you? What's what's up, man? Check you out. I finally accepted your invitation. Man, I can't tell you what it means, man. And I'm hoping that I was going to talk about this later on in the show, that I'm trying to, um, Will, you heard me. I mean, you've been, you know, most all the guys and ladies, Arlene included, they all know you from when you were born, okay? But um, what I'm trying to do is is round up as many as possible to come on a show, you know, and just spend the time just, you know, kicking it with folks. I mean, I'm talking about men and women who I've known for over 60 years. How often does that happen, huh? You know, and and we all have stories from – the neighborhood we grew up in, and I, you know, I, I just want to do, I just want to do a selfish show, man, and and get as many as I can to just come in on, on one given night and just let it rip, man. It's, oh man, I would love to hear that. Yeah, yeah, man. So, so this, you know, my uh, your uncle Jeff gave Butch the nickname Bubbles because he had this skill where he could fold his tongue over and blow spit bubbles. <laughs> yeah. and, and Jeff saw that and said, damn, you know, Jeff, damn, man, that, you know, he's blowing bubbles. <laughs> there it is, you know, birth of a nickname. Yeah, so that was my claim man? to fame. Yeah, that was well, my claim to fame back then. But, you know, man, um, and this is one thing I love about Facebook, um, you put some 
pictures and different, you know, things on, on Facebook. But you had a – and I didn't know it until I saw this picture, man. I did not know that you played for Inglewood, man. Oh, you didn't know that? Oh, yeah. I did not know that till I saw that picture, man. It, that was trippy. <laughs> or maybe yeah, I that did, was but, you know, yeah, it might have been during my ozone time where I don't have too much recall. <laughs> right on. Yeah, man. that was my last year. That was my last man. year. Man, mm-hmm. that, that is amazing. So, oh, I didn't um, know you didn't, you, you didn't know that. I did not know that. So, now, Butch, help me yeah. out here. Garland, and what's your middle names? Renal. Yeah, yeah. And, and you also use Lacey Bailey or Bailey Lacey? Yeah, this is what it was. My, you know, my grandmother and my grandfather adopted me and Ricky. Yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. When we, we changed our name from Lacey to Bailey after our grandparents adopted us. Okay. Yeah, right on. Yeah, right so on. So it was that's how that changed. Charlotte Renault, Lacey Bailey. Yeah, man. Yeah. You know, amazing name, man. And, you know, like, Butch is one of the original 62nd Street boys, you know, man. And, you know, man, this is... Well, you know, we were right in between the, the Blackstone Rangers and the Devil's Disciples. You know, the Rangers exactly. were to the east. Yeah, they were to yeah. the east of Cottage, and the Disciples were to the west of King Drive or at South Park. And we mm-hmm. had a little mile radius, you know, of, of, of that was our territory, 63rd to 61st Grove to South Park. And, well, actually, St. Lawrence, really, right? <laughs> we didn't venture right, too often right. to the other side of St. Lawrence. But, man, we did everything, everything yes, imaginable right in that little stretch of time. So, you know, man, just hearing your voice, just hearing your voice, yeah, man, it's, just brings it's me Bill. back to a time, man. Man, right on. Yeah, man. Was, Thank you so much. Go ahead. You're welcome. I was just thinking about uh, how we used to uh, be outside playing, and all of a sudden when your mom came home from work, you had to stop <laughs> playing and go to confession. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, there goes Bill off the confession. <laughs> you know, see, there it is. I was the Catholic in the neighborhood, man. So, exactly, you know, yeah. it, 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 it's what I had to do. You know, it's what I had to do. I didn't even know y'all even acknowledged it like that, man. Check you out. Wow. Oh, I to bring that back. Yeah. I remember. That goes Bill off the confession. <laughs> we'll see him tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I also remember your Uncle Harry. Yeah, Uncle Harry, right, man. man. You know, yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we invaded his territory, man. When we all moved in, you know, it was, he he was just living with his mom, you know, my grandmother, and then suddenly okay. me and my two brothers and my mama showed up, and it's like, you know, in this little two bed, you know, you know, because you lived in that apartment after we moved away, right? No, Rodney moved on the third floor. Rodney did. Okay, in third floor. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, you know, so, you know, it was just a little two-bedroom uh, apartment, and, and we had, like, you know, me, Mickey, Jeff, Uncle Harry, my mother, and my grandmother. And, like, Uncle Harry yeah. had it all to himself before we moved in. So it, it, it got to be real interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, man. But you guys, yeah. man, you guys, you got, you don't know, man, how precious the memories are that I carry about all of you, man. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. You know, amazing, you know, they tore that building and, down, right? Yeah, yeah, you know, I came yeah. back around the hood, and, and uh, the building I was born in on 64th and Vernon was torn down. This building oh, okay. was torn down. The, the one we moved to on Ellis was torn down, you know, and the one where I moved to when we all moved out on the 8, 62nd, 82nd and Dobson, 
It's turned okay. into a ghetto. You know, so you, mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember coming by there. You came by a couple of times, you know, to the, the townhouse on Dobson. So I don't mm-hmm. know, man. Maybe maybe I'm cursed. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know don't, don't nobody move into no building I move into. <laughs> yeah. It's to be destroyed. Okay, man. All right, I'm chopping in the wheels time now, man. Man, it's great hearing from you. So look, man, okay, try Bill. to get Rodney and, and your brother if possible, you know, um, knobs and, you know, stretch your influence out, man, and see if you can get a time app. See if you can get, you know, possibly, you know, get a time where everybody would be cool with coming on at the same time. This is just an hour show, you know, either Monday or Wednesday, man. Man, it's great All hearing right, your please. voice. But, yeah. All right. Talk to you later, Bill. Okay, man. Love you. Bill. All right. Bye-bye. All right. And remember, you, yeah. you don't have to hang up. Just uh, yeah, you just one us, button. Man. Okay. Yeah, cool. cool. <laughs> All right. Outstanding. Outstanding. Man, thank you, Will, right for on. letting me do the- Letting me do that, man. Wow, I haven't heard I haven't heard Butch's voice, man. Jesus, in what, forty years, maybe. Wow. You know, not his voice. Yeah, I mean, we've seen. You know, we've done text message. I mean, Facebook messaging, but I haven't actually right. heard his voice, and and he sounds just like Butch, man. He always said that <laughs> even when he was a teenager, yeah, that voice, you know, yeah, right, right. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah, awesome, man. Thanks for calling. That's yeah. really cool. Well, yeah, I think really, we may man. have to do I, – I already listening to you and Butch, we're probably going to have to do two days, man, when we, when we get man. everybody. You know, I mean, like, uh, you know, our, our, periodically Arlene comes on anyway, you know, and she was one of the few females of the neighborhood that, you know, actually um, – actually got some clout, <laughs> you know, she had time and grade, you know, and, um, uh, and, and you've heard her on the show, you know, and, um, mm-hmm. I have, I have great memories of her and her brother, Richard Turner, you know, um, and, you know, then, you know, my, my bud, Richard, you know, um, that I talk about in the book, you know, that was her husband, man. And I, I like to pretend that I introduced them, you know, and that's just what I tell myself. And I, I don't need anybody to tell me otherwise. It's it's my story, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> anyway, you know, so that's the trippy moment, man. All right, yeah. all right. So let me de let me de elevate. Let me return to ground zero, man. So what were we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> what were we talking about again? <laughs> oh man, I, I I love that little thing you do with um, Don Chio. <laughs> I hope it's done. You know, I hope it doesn't offend folks, but yeah, y'all, we don't we don't mean to. If you heard the opening, um, it, it's not meant to offend you. That comes right out of. Wake up, goddammit! <laughs> that just cracks me up. So anyway, you know, that's not meant to be offensive, but it does have a, a last poet's Gil Scott Heron kind of meaning behind it. You know that, you know, enough of this. You know this. Um, they go low, we go high stuff. You know, it's time yeah. to wake up, talk on it. Yeah. yeah. So, you, you know, you know that that also uh, reached out to my generation with uh, Spike Lee and School Days, right at the yeah. very end. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. You know, and I like to think the School Days was Morehouse. You know, I don't know if it yeah. was or yeah. not, but I yeah. sure, yeah, it sure it didn't feel there. like it. You know. Yeah. 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 That that definitely carries a meaning to me, man. No doubt about it, but. With your younger brother and your your cousin, you know Jeff, both being alumnus of um, Morehouse, man. 
I'll never forget that moment there. Okay, let me because I'm getting ready to go tripping a little deeper now. <laughs> so, so, so Monday, I was going to say last week, Monday, Monday, um, yeah. as as you were alluding to, as you were speaking on, you weren't alluding to it. You know, you brought in the topic of art and artistry, and talking about the influence of the various um, motifs or the various vehicles of uh, of art and how it impacts on on an individual but it had on on its particular impact on us as individuals growing up me growing up during my time you growing up in yours and talking about the different influences of like music and movies i think movies maybe is a, is a common theme that um that we share cuz you know, there's been what so many movies that we've seen together uh, movies that I was crazy about that you weren't too particular about. Like I think about the movie Life with uh, with Mar- Martin Lawrence and uh, Eddie Murphy. And, you know, I don't even know if you remember us going to see it in Atlanta. Yeah, man. But, yeah. No, I, I remember. Know, yeah. We, you, you, were, you were not impressed with that movie at all. And, of course, I could have cared less because I was in the movies with you, man, and it was just fun checking this one out, you know. But but I have to admit the funniest part of it was the, was the trailers at the end. The outtakes, rather, you know, that that was that that made the whole movie. But that's not my daddy's watching. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So yeah, um, just that where we can talk about it through our own experiences with each other, but the 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 unrelated related experience of what we experience alone or separate and apart, and how our own lives began to take shape. The movies definitely had an impact on me. And I mentioned Sidney Poitier for several reasons, and I'm, I think Butch is still on the line, and I'm sure he remembers when when Sidney Poitier was at the, in the um, restaurant at the Evans Hotel and word spread in the hood that he was there, man, you know, because they were, they were actually shooting a movie, um, A Raisin in the Sun, and a lot of that movie was shot at the old Kit Kat Club. It was on 63rd and St. Lawrence. And so when the word spread, man, it spread like wildfire in the hood. And all of us, you know, we're talking about a whole horde of young brothers, man. We went galloping over to the Evans Hotel, just standing outside of the um, big picture window, man, looking at this guy. And he came out and shook every one of our hands, man. I can't even begin to tell you how that so impressed me, you know, that, who, you know, that what, whoever it was he was talking to, I'm sure it was a business meeting. You know, he came out, man. He be, he became live. You know, he became the dude we saw on the screens. He, he he became a role, you know, not just a role model, but a role of many of the movies he starred in. But actually, he came out and shook our hands like it was a scene from a movie, man. I mean, I, I'll never, never forget that moment, you know, of, of, what, of what that electricity felt like that shot through us, you know, as a crowd going to see this live hero to us. I mean, it's. Live, you know, yeah, live hero. That's what I'm going to call him, you know. Um, somebody that we otherwise, even though, you know, we grew up in a in, in Chicago at the time when it was very geographically segregated. And there were invisible boundaries that we just dared not cross, whether it was Bridgeport, whether it was Cicero, whether it was the other side of State Street, the 35th, even though Comiskey Park was right there, we dared not venture west of Comiskey Park. You know, so, and the South Side, you know, was, was a very confined area. We lived it fully, but still, you know, it wasn't just confined to us, but also many of the 
black athletes. You know, I remember back in the 60s, these athletes had to have second second jobs after the season ended. They weren't making big salaries, like, even comparable to the time. You know, um, it was only a handful of uh, black baseball players who made over $100,000, you know, just to have. I think it was like nine, and I think the tenth guy who made $100,000 was Pete Rose. You know, and and then of that nine, not all were what we would call African American. You know, like Roberto Clemente. You know, he was um uh, he was Dominican, I think. I don't you know I don't want to speak outside of Bahamanian Latin. He was a Latin ball player, and there were a few others. You know, um, but by and large, you know, the the the, the black ball players dominated um, baseball in the '60s. And still, it's just a handful. But my point is, it wasn't unusual to have star athletes like Ernie Banks, you know, living in a hood, living in the hood, like living around on 81st and Rhodes, you know. Um, it just was not unusual to have them living in the neighborhood, but to actually have that experience of an actor, you know, which was foreign to our neighborhoods, to step out and shake all of our hands. So Sidney Portier has left his mark, an indelible mark, and in the, I would like to say in the development of my character. And last week, as we were um, going through some of the um, Monday, I keep saying last week, Monday is as I was talking about some of his earlier movies, um, movies that I'm sure most people don't even um, haven't even seen or, or more or less would even remember. But I saw him, and um, he wasn't the star of those movies. I saw the movies. And then I had to really stretch to remember, oh, yeah, that's right, he was in it. He did play this part. He, you know, like um, Red Ball Express, which was, you know, based on fact. You know, it was a supply line, truck, a truck supply line um, in, in the, you know, in the World War II, right there in Europe. And that 75% of those who drove trucks in the Red Ball Express was black, and Sydney was one of them. And um, then there was the movie that I didn't mention Monday, and Red Ball Express came out in 52. And then there was the movie in 54, and I did not remember his part in this. It was called Go Man Go, and it was the story about Abe Saperstein and the Harlem Globetrotters. And I did not, and I still can't recall his role in that movie, but he was in it, you know. And then after that came, you know, I think the one that, that set the house on fire, you know, in this blackboard jungle that I think you said you hadn't seen yet. And he was a, and I, and I was, I, I wasn't, was, I am encouraging you to see that one because of your um, experience in the classroom. And this movie right. took place in the classroom in, in, in New York. And him and Vic Morrow were students. And Vic Morrow was like the, the thuggy, bully, racist white boy. And, and Sidney was, he was just too cool to be black. <laughs> you know, and you got to see the movie to understand what I'm saying. You know, that brother was just down for his role, man. And But I think that's the one that kind of slung him into um, stardom. It it also had Glenn Ford was the, the lead or the star of the movie, but, man, Sidney out, outshone him something something fierce. And um, then there was a stretch of four, about four movies from 56 through 57. Um, and The Edge of the City was really the only one I saw 
And I didn't particularly like it because he, he was killed in that movie, early in it. And it was like, okay, so what are we still sitting in the theater watching the rest of the movie? He's dead now. Right, I'm ready to go right, home. Right, <laughs> so, right. Forget you know, that. He, he got, yeah, you know. <laughs> so, um, but then after that, man, came the next big one. And I saw that you had, I don't know why, but you had put it as a part of your title of tonight's show, The Defiant One. Yes, sir. And there's an amazing part about and that was him and Tony Curtis. That was really Tony mm-hmm. Curtis's first movie. And if people don't know much about Sidney Poitier, they wouldn't know that he had done about 10 movies prior to this one in 1959. Um, so he was, you know, he was already 58. I'm sorry, he was already making his mark. But um, the thing about it, first of all, it was this white dude and black dude chained together. They, you know, they escaped when the truck wrecked or whatever, and so it was about them running through the South. Um, running toward freedom. But the thing is, they, of course, they, you know, Sid and he, he and Tony Curtis, they, they, they slung barbs at each other, you know. Of course, Tony called him the N-word, and they went back and forth, and they finally got into a fight. And I wouldn't have paid attention to it at the time I was watching the movie, you know, and Sidney was, like, you know, hitting him, and that was good enough for me. Tony was slamming him all over the place, you know, from, from – head to toe, but Sidney was just caving in his stomach. And I didn't know until, you know, it was permissible to talk about how black folks have been kind of ostracized or otherwise relegated to second-class status in in movies, even though they may have starred in. He was not allowed by contract in the movie to hit Tony Curtis or to even depict any image of him hitting Tony Curtis in the face. It was not permissible for fear of backlash in the South. You know, so, yeah, he slugged him and all that, but he couldn't hit him in the face. It was something about black skin connecting with white skin. It's just something that I absolutely can, 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 can resonate to today from how it would have been back then. But to live it at that time, you know, we were so conditioned that we were just glad to see him hit the dude. <laughs> yeah, I can't hit him in his face, you know. Now I'd like to see him hit him in his face, but, you know, because I'm just like, you know, 40 years later, 50 years later. And did you need to say something, man? Because I, I might, you know, I might go into tomorrow with all this bantering of mine, man. No, just, you know, I I, I had the intention um, <clears throat> of kind of uh, hitting a nerve with you by titling this show The Defiant Ones. That was... The oh, I love it, man. Yeah, that's, that's, that's my first uh, Sydney Portier movie that I saw. Um, yeah, as a kid, um, yeah, and yeah, and that and that actually, well, I mean, like the there was a remake that came out in '96. Mm-hmm. Carl Weathers, yeah, yeah. Oh, the yeah. TV, yeah, re- yeah, that's right. I remember the TV one, '86, with Carl Weathers mm-hmm. and uh, Robert yeah. Urich. And then yeah. there was a yeah. a movie uh, in '96 with with before he was Larry, after he's Larry, he's Lawrence Fishburne, and uh, one of the wow. Baldwin boys. Uh, Didn't even Flip. say that, man. Yeah, it's called Flip. I'm, ah, okay. Yeah. Hmm. All right. I connect so, with the title. I never knew. I never saw the movie, so I didn't realize that it's um, it's 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 parallel. Mm-hmm. Defiant ones. Okay, I get that. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. So I was just saying, even for me, it was influential because of mm-hmm. the remakes and the adapt and adaptation films. Um, but that was also my first, like I said, my first movie I saw with Sidney Poitier. So yeah, just that—that's why I, I titled today's show the 
the the, the defiant ones. Well, you know, right on, man. You know, I, you couldn't have picked a better title for tonight's show for me anyway. And really the only movies I wanted to talk about that included him or that were about him or that starred him were the ones through the 50s and 60s. I didn't even want to get into the ones of the 70s and beyond because the, the die was cast. My point is, though, and just going like Porgy and Bess was a musical. Now, it had Dorothy Dandridge and Sammy Davis Jr. in it. I only was know it as a musical because Sidney Portier was singing. I didn't go to see no movie with him singing. It's like, what's that all about? <laughs> you, know, you know, where's the action? When are they going to shut up? My only other musical I saw with the boys from my hood was West Side Story. You know, but you got to, re- well, you ain't got to remember. You wouldn't know. Man, we had like three theaters right there in the hood. We had the Tivoli, the Maryland, and the Ark. You know, but you didn't really venture into the art because it wouldn't be unusual to have your seat taken by a rat. It would be sitting up there oh. eat popcorn. You know, that was our joke. You know, but um, but you know, so it was always a treat, and you know, we would go to the movies maybe three, four times a month, and so we really didn't care what was playing. You know, just the idea of going, unless it was somebody like Sidney Poitier. So I did. You know, so this, you know, they break out in the song. I didn't know nothing about. Dorothy Dandridge, I knew a little bit about Sammy Davis Jr., but what I knew about Sidney, man, I'm, I'm like, man, where are the guns? Where, 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 where's the slinging of the fist? Where, you know, where's the, you know, stand up like a man? But anyway, it's really an amazing movie <laughs> that I need to see again. Um, and, then, and then came, you know, the series of movies like All the Young Men, I, he, you know, the platoon leader of this Army outfit died, and he was a sergeant, and he had to take over this racist group. And the thing I loved about the movie is that he didn't die at the end. Right. And then came A Raisin in the Sun. And that was the one shot in Chicago, partially shot in Chicago. Amazing movie. And then, go ahead. I feel like you're trying uh, to say something. Well, I, I, I was just, just wondering, and um, you, can, you can hit this when you finish. Um, you know, it, we, we always hear that, that change takes time. And, and, you know, we've, we've been talking about the subject matter of uh, representation, um, how we're depicted um, and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, do you, how much change, I mean, do you, are you happy with the progress? You know, we still occasionally have those, you know, movies that are set in slavery times. We still have a few of those shows that may uh, us meaning people of color, black Americans in a, let's say, precarious situation. But I mean, do you know, given all this time and looking all the way back in the early 50s with Sidney Poitier to now, you know, are are you happy with how things have, have changed, have developed? Why you do that to me, man? <laughs> See, now, you know, like, there goes whatever else I was going to talk about. <laughs> About Sydney, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm being facetious. No, not at all. Um, no, I'm, I'm not. And I could, I should just stop there. But of course, I won't. You know, um, and I understand. Believe me, I understand that the, the, the rhetoric, the jargon, the dialogue that would suggest otherwise. That's mm-hmm. fine. You asked me about me, so yeah, yeah. No, no. As a matter of fact, even looking at today's atmosphere, what really just gnaws at me you know um white america and i'm saying white america i'm not calling you know i'm not calling any i'm just saying white america as compared to the america of color 
you know, white America has the luxury of calling the issues of the day politics, where black folks and people of color too, you know, it's a way of life. And I don't think people understand. It's not about Democrats and Republicans. It's about, and it's not even about white privilege. It's about the separation of themes of consciousness, you know, that you can have this kind of thing that happened in January and from from the from the white standpoint of not just Congress and Republicans, but even the way it's talked about in, 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 in the news spins. You know, it, it's about these, the theme is always about these, these issues of politics and how, you know, how, how somebody like Kevin McCarthy is politicking or that crazy woman, Marjorie Taylor Greene or whatever her name is, is, you know, like crazy but still politicking. No, see, this is this, this white attitude of politics that takes the theme of lifestyle completely out of the conversation that needs to be a regular part of the conversation. You know, the hell with politics. This is lifestyle. This is affecting the consciousness of, of, the, of, of, of the America of color. Yet, see, even that thing that, that white America does by calling people of color, you know, members of a minority race, the hell does that mean? You know, in the global scheme of things, people of color dominate the populations of the earth. So to come to America or to be born in America or to be raised in America means to be thrust in this, you know, this, this minority status of equality because it's a minority status of equality that always takes into account, you know, the ratio of, of who is what, you know, and we use this thing of, of the census to justify it. I mean, what is the point of census other than to identify the justification of maintaining this attitude of minority race. I mean, these things, no, no, these things have not changed since the development of the Electoral College. These Mm. things have not changed since the way American history has been depicted in the classroom. Why would a black boy want to continue to go to school, you know, who's being raised in a socioeconomically impoverished community? Why would he be interested in going to a school that does not reflect his values? does not teach him anything about his life, where his whole existence doesn't even show up in the classroom. And if, in fact, he brings his attitude to the classroom, well, you work security in some of the hard, hard schools of the South Side. He's punished for being who he's familiar with, you know, for talking the way he's used to it. But there's nothing to offset that lifestyle. He's not being... Even when I was coming up, we had the collection of a handful of people. They were always the same. Marion Anderson, Ralph Bunch, Thurgood Marshall, Jackie Robinson. You know, um, the same handful was always thrown in our faces, you know, as a means of telling us we could make it if, if we try. But we never heard the stories about, you know, revolutionaries, you know, of the slave times. You know, like Nat Turner just won a one, one example. We never heard about Denmark. See, we, we, we heard about, um, 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 uh, what's my boy's name, Dred Scott, but we didn't understand Manifest Destiny. It wasn't broken down in a way. We were taught Manifest Destiny like it was a, a, a chartered requirement for the growth in American industry. We didn't, we thought it was something, we were kind of taught like it came right from 
you know, uh, 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 right from the, the, the law of the land, you know, Congress, bills, you know, it, we kind of heard it like it was, you know, what America was about. We didn't hear it like it was something that was just thrown out by some editor of a newspaper on the East Coast that the, the president of the time picked up on and, and made it a, 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 a banner cry for America to justify its spread from the East like a virus spread from the east to the west and just decimated the people who lived where they lived, you know, the, what we call, you know, indigenous peoples or the, the, the tribal peoples or the American Indians, you know, um, because we were pretty much, we were already institutionalized in many ways. We, we, we were already um, convinced that Indians were bad and cowboys, you know, were good. Calvary mm-hmm. was good. Yeah. You know, um, Indians yeah. kill is a massacre. You know, yeah. Calvary kills is a great victory. You know, and we had no understanding of the themes that were going on with the Civil War and Indian Wars. We never even heard the term Indian Wars. We didn't know anything about it. It was a 300-year war to completely a, – a, a genocidal move to, to, to eliminate as much as possible. I mean, what – the Holocaust – you know, if 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 what was done to a to the to the indigenous peoples was ever broken down in numbers and vastness, and compared to the Holocaust, it would put the Holocaust to shame. Not to say that that means the Holocaust was any less than horrible, but it's not American history to talk about the cruelty of American history. So, you know, I was watching a movie the other night, Red River. You know, John Wayne. You know, and, and Montgomery Cliff. Montgomery Cliff was homosexual, but he couldn't be homosexual because he wore a big cowboy hat and carried a gun. <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> you know, it, it's, you know, and, and man, you know, so I, I had to laugh even when Butch was saying, yeah, so when, when, when my mother came home, it was off to confession. <laughs> you, know, it, it, you know, it was a time in the 60s where the Muslim movement was, was catching on and, and the media started calling them black Muslims. They were never black. The Muslims, is, anyway. So that caught on in, 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 in social media to call them black Muslims. But the point being that Elijah Muhammad in the early stages of, you know, as we understood the, the evolving um, push of, of Muslim um, philosophy, yeah, it, the Muhammad Speaks newspaper pretty much always said, almost every edition, that white people were devils, no exception, all white people devils. And that was a real conflict of interest for me. So I'm reading about, you know, this, this changing image of black people, but then I'm going to, to worship at, at a Catholic church, you know, which is dominated by white priests, right? And then like Butch said, you know, he's off to confession, so but I'm going to confess to, you know, a white man of what, growing up in a black neighborhood to a God of, of, of someone else's understanding, not mine. You know, so yeah, it, it, it was a very, very conflictual time. So when someone asks me, like you just did, you know, am I cool with change? No, I think what happens is there's a posturing of conditioning that suggests, well, it's a familiar discomfort but because I know how to play the game, I can operate in between the sentences of, of, of racism. It becomes a functional schizophrenia. I know who yeah. I am, but I have to hide who I am and only show how people expect me to be in a way that 
is then therefore acceptable so I can be rewarded accordingly. But the frustration of who I really am goes unnoticed, and you mentioned that in Invisible Man. You know, it is sometimes advantageous to be invisible, although it can be whether it can, on the it can be rather wearing on the nerves, you know, and yeah. that's, you know, that's the plight of, of black America, not just black men. Yeah, yeah. So change, it has to be redefined for me, you know, um, and, and, and it doesn't mean anything much if there's no quality of accountability happening. So don't, a person can't talk to me about change if I'm not seeing accountability. And I haven't seen accountability in my 74 years on this earth. Um, yeah. I'm sorry to take that kind of time to talk about that, man. But, no, and, and I know I just kind of, I know I just kind of threw that at you, and I, I, I apologize a little bit for that because I know I kind of came out of nowhere with it. Um, no, don't apologize. But, I'm apologizing. I, you know, I love. I, I, I thank you. <laughs> So let me apologize to you. (laughs) Maybe you need to apologize to our listeners. I am. I'm sorry. You know, there he goes, y'all. I'm sorry. I messed around and let the let the let the fox out the cage. (laughs) Uh, Oops. No, but um, I'm not. I'm. I'm. You know, in listening to our discussions and playing back the shows and and looking at again, we're talking early '50s and it's already 2010 and 2020. Excuse me. And You know, I mean, there's progress, but, you know, it's just, you know, it just seems like now with technology and things like that, and, you know, people probably talk about Tyler Perry and, you know, his studios and stuff like that. But it's it's still, we're still, as an audience, I feel like we're still, you know, holding our breath, hoping that the people of color don't die in the movie, you know, or then when we see these first, you know, it's like we're still hoping for these first. We're still hoping yeah. to see these movies about our heroes and wonder why we can't see these movies about our real, true heroes. Um, the you history said, of them. Yeah. The history yeah. of them. Yeah, go yeah. ahead. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. what you said. I mean, they're, you know, like the, the Harlem Hellfighters, just as an example. They, they fought in World War One. You know, nobody knows anything about them. You know, they won medals up the wazoo. They were a driving force in Europe. They fought in World War One. Harlem Hellfighters. Nobody knows it. Nobody knows anything about the Black Panthers. No, not them Black Panthers. The Black Panther Army Battalion that spearheaded the thrust of, of Patton's armies in Europe. There's not a movie made that ever shows a black tank person. <laughs> I'm not even talking about somebody who maybe would be cleaning off the tracks or shining the shells. You know, you don't see a black tank person, I defy anybody to tell me there's a movie that shows a black tank person in World War II. But there was a whole battalion called the Black Panthers. No mention of them. You know, so these, so with, anyway, even the movie that came out uh, that, that, that George Lucas did, Red, Red, Red Tails. Red Tails. Yeah. I can't even begin to tell you how disappointed I was in that movie after having seen Tuskegee Airmen, an HBO special, with right. a cast of incredible talent, you know, and then to see Red Tails and, of course, the, the, the hype being a movie made by Lucas that was going to prove that a black cast could, could carry the movie in Hollywood. Well, obviously, you know, nobody, everybody forgot about a soldier story. <laughs> You know, mm. that, you know, had an amazing black cast. You know, that's what wow. 
put Harold Rollins on the map. You know, I mean, yeah. they had everybody. Denzel yeah. was in that movie. Yeah, Every, yeah. <laughs> Robert, a lot of people. Robert Townsend was in that. I mean, everybody we could think of was in that movie, right? Right. But, you know, right. Adolf Caesar, the dude out of, um, boy, <laughs> out of uh, Color Purple. Yeah, I mean, man, but, you know. What can I yeah. say, man? No, but so, I, I I agree with you. You know, like I said, I, I'm not I'm not happy yeah. either with with how things are. But you know, um, um, we've got about less. You know, we got less than ten minutes. But I see we have uh, one more person in the queue. Right. Um, I was going to say, let's go to that man. I could talk yeah. about Sydney next week. Yeah. Um. So we got like maybe about six minutes left. So we have area code seven seven three. Two three seven, area code seven seven three two three two three seven. Appreciate your patience um, and waiting to come in. Uh, welcome to the Greenhouse Effect Radio Show. As soon as your mic comes, there you go. Hey, good evening. Uh, hi, um, I'm not sure if uh, you guys know me. My name is Ron, and um, first time caller to this new show, to the new show here. <laughs> right, all right. And uh, I had a comment that I wanted to make. <laughs> And I had a question I wanted to ask to you, young Will. Uh-oh. Um, but first off, I have to give massive respect to Pops because... My man, Ryan. How you doing, man? We don't know about we don't I'm know good, man. I'm good. I'm good. I ain't seen you in a minute, and I just always man. get to hear your voice oh, when I come Same and check here, out the show. Man. Yeah. Yeah, you know, because yeah. I have been checking out the show, and uh, I think you guys are doing a hell of a job. Oh, and I uh, just wanted to give you all props, man. Props on the show. Right on, um, and I do, the comment that I wanted to make was that, unfortunately, time is a motherfucker. And unless we have, <laughs> and unless we have you, Dad, and, you know, the, the, all of our elders passing down the stories to remind us of the Black Panther, the, like you said, the real Black Panthers. And a lot of our history, um, unless we have that, we don't have anything because a lot of it gets lost in time. And people don't remember and people don't pass that information down. Mm -hmm. So that's why I say that time is a mother. But the question (laughs) that I did have towards Will and Pops, please chime in on this if you want to, is we've been through, like like you just chronicled, we've been through movies coming from the 50s the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, 2000s to now. Movies, you know, they've been created by us, for us, by Mm -hmm. other people, telling our stories, some right, some wrong. And a lot of people are always like, well, it's a good thing that these stories are told because it makes a difference. You know, it, it, it signals a conversation that can be had and maybe changed down the line. Well, I'm going to be devil's advocate right now and say we've been making Amen. these, we've been making black movies for damn near 50, 60 years, and shit has not changed a drop. Yeah, there's still Amen. racism. We still yeah. have people like Trump in office that completely destroy yeah. our history. We have people that completely destroy our current history. I mean, they spent four years getting rid of Obamacare, trying to destroy this yeah. man's legacy. Yeah. So. Yeah. We've been putting yeah. forth all these movies and putting forth all this effort and putting forth all this stuff, but nothing's yeah. changed. They haven't well, made a difference, or at least that's my ah, opinion right now. Yeah. So well, I, I put that out there 
to ask, what do you all think? Have have this legacy of movies for the past 50, 60 years even made a dent in our society in racism or even classism amongst ourselves? I mean, do you think that all these all these years have been for naught? What do you guys think? I, I don't think it's been it's been for naught. Um, uh, I th- I think that there has been some change, but again, it's like it's it seems slower than what it should be. I mean, you know, look like a movie. Look at a movie like Hurricane, right? And that was like mm-hmm. one of the eye-opening movies. Like, hey, people are being jailed for the you know. Uh, you know, uh, and they're innocent. You know, it's a lot of innocent mm-hmm. people yeah. in jail. You know, um, yeah. and yeah. and it's you know, so we we see some of those changes. You know, some of the laws. Some people, you know, even here in Chicago, people are starting to get out of jail now and stuff like that. But it's so slow. Um, you know, to that, I I can't really say why. You know, we could talk about elect, you know, uh, voting and all those things, but. Um, I don't know why it's so slow. Think that there's some change, but it could be faster. Okay. Okay. Well, you know, um, the I think that the the, the 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 issue, you know, the, the 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 problem, the conflict, has to do with 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 um, generational expectations, and one generation not being clear about dialogue with another generation leaves a question like the one being asked tonight tonight unanswerable right. what is progress to my generation you know where being 74 i'm looking at a stretch of time from 1947 you know in american mm-hmm. society mm-hmm. you know and right that's not to even include what came in the package represented by my parents that my mother born in, in 1917 means her mother was born right in the midst of the Civil War. You know, so right. in just three generations, how do I then measure change from 1947 in comparison to my grandmother, who I didn't know, and there was no conversation about what life was like for her. So how do I measure that change? You know, how how do we as a people measure change in American society when our stories first of all, have not been magnified enough by us. We're not telling our stories enough. We're not writing mm-hmm. about our stories enough. It, forget how it's being depicted. We're still leaving it up to somebody else to tell our story. So where where is our screenwriters? Where is our representation? There was a stretch of time in the 60s where, you know, we had a lot of black-themed movies. Media got up, got, I think Hollywood got afraid of, of the fact of one thing above all others these black movies that were being slung out, I mean, they were coming out one after another. I mean, it was like, man, this is wonderful to me. Right. But I think right. it scared Hollywood because Hollywood realized, wait a minute, it's not so much that the movies themselves were out there. It was that these folks behind the camera are starting to learn how to do these movies. That means mm-hmm. they're going to start changing their own image to suit them. We can't have that. We can't have a black Hollywood. See, this is a, Hollywood has never had any competition other than its own. You know, black actors, we were talking about it Monday, Will, on Monday's show. You know, who decided that Thor had to be a white blonde-haired dude with a big hammer? You know, I mean, Good how point. did that, you know, 
I'm not, so, yeah, we got the Black Panther. But, you know, let me tell you something, what I believe, even as far as the Black Panther is concerned, I'm going to shut up, Will. I, you know, I don't think the comic strip that came out in the 60s was ever going to bring that character to life for no other reason because he was called the Black Panther. There was a movement, the Black Panther Party, in the 60s. And right. that would have shed too much light. Could you imagine this movie that just came out, coming out in the 60s, with the thing they were talking about from Africa, where you had these Black Panther, the Black Panther Party live in, in America? Oh, man. You know, Hollywood could And it's like, no, y'all, y'all want too much. <laughs> You're demanding right. too much of us. We've had it our way for, well, for 60 years. And now suddenly you want equal status in this? Oh, no, no, no. So it, 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 it's been controlled by Hollywood what black imagery would be, you know, the accepted norm. So with, when, I, when we talk about change, I think it has to be a generational conversation, one generation speaking to the other about what change has meant to each generation. That's what I love about, you know, this, this, this time I get to spend with my oldest son. You know, because we, we get to bounce this around without attacking each other. You know, he, right. can, he can say right. freely that, yeah, change has been gradual, and I can say freely, oh, bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but the thing yeah. is, you know, yeah. both opinions being, you know, represented, which is what, right. you know, which, which, which is what I think, man, that's what I think has to happen more continuously. Generations being represented among themselves in the free dialogue you know, without attack of, 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 of generational values, but just an understanding of why I think the way I think, why y'all think the way you think, why you feel the way you feel, why I feel the way I feel. And, and I love the fact that Will brought the title of artistry into play because so much of what we feel is found in the arts. Man, I mean, it's just amazing to me. So I'm sorry, y'all. Ron, I don't no. know if I even came close to answering your question, man. I think no, we're you going gave in overtime, insight, Will. <laughs> <laughs> you gave good insight, yeah, Pop. You gave good insight. Yeah, we, we yeah. had overtime for the first time. That's awesome. But, you know, Ron, hey, once again, Ron, thanks again for calling, man. It's good to hear your voice. Hey, man, man. Uh, but, yeah. but, you oh, know, it's, awesome it's, good, man. It's, it's, just, it's just, you know, it's adding right. on, uh, chiming in to, or whatever you want to call it, to what Dad said, and it's through these discussions, and maybe – I don't know. It's having these discussions and bridging these gaps of generations where the next generation, you know, can, we'll, we'll see better change, you know, and maybe right. those, those things you feel for not are actually happening. You know, maybe we don't have to be as dad put it in this posturing of conditioning all the time. And we can just, mm. you know, provide these truths without having to deal with, uh, I think the word for the day is bullshit. You know, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> good word. I mean, yeah, it's a word for the day. But I mean, it's it's through that growth, you know, that uh, yeah. I think Amen. it's possible. You know. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And see, yeah. it's funny because oh, by the as way, I was Ron, to the Adam show, gave a shout oh, out to you, man. He said Ron in the house, you know. So. <laughs> oh, Adam. Yeah, Adam said yeah. Ron. Adam. Adam gave you a shout out in the chat room. Ah, uh-huh. Adam. Yeah. I said, "What's up to that brother? Yeah, Big, sure. Much yeah. respect to that brother." Yeah, yeah but you know, like I was saying, and I'll, I'll try to make this brief because I know the show is in overtime. But it's you know, as I was listening to the show tonight, um, I was thinking, I was like, man, we we spent all this time making all this great cinema, reflecting the times, mm-hmm. reflecting yeah. what's going on in the streets as of like right then when it was happening. 
you know, yeah. and we've, we've right. made great great things like Roots and, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. Color Purple, Soldier Story, like you said, mm-hmm. Us. Yeah. You know, all these mm-hmm. movies coming out over all this span of time, and you would think that at a certain point something would come of it as far as change and that after 60, 50, 60 years of us making these movies and pointing out these issues and putting these issues in the forefront that ourselves we would be like, okay, you yeah. know, let's make some change. Let's fight racism. And people of other races and other colors watching these movies too will be like, oh, wow, check this out. Like people are yeah. not like are not like what we thought, you know. Right. Yeah. Right. And, right. and you would think that after all yeah. this time, that our relations would be a lot better. But then when you actually walk out your front door, you see it's still the same. Yeah. It's just right. hidden now, well, I'm, and I'm a lot yeah. a lot more well documented because of cell phones. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I I look at it as a devil's advocate, like I said before, and I'm like, okay, well, where is the real change? Has there been any real change? And I don't feel there has been. Well, you won't get any argument from me. (laughs) You know, know, I'm looking at this thing, and I I, I keep my TV on while we're talking on the news station because usually something comes up, and then I can, you know, rewind it to get back to it. But to raise your point, as I'm seeing right now, this dude's Kevin Strickland, you know, wrongfully incarcerated for 43 years. Even the, the prosecutor said he should have been freed by now. You know, he's still in right. the Missouri jail. Now that he's about to be exonerated, see, they're not going to pay him money due for the 43 years he served. So, you know, he had over a million dollars coming to him. He's not going to see a penny of that because he's been exonerated. So it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, you were wrongly in prison, so you weren't really a prisoner. You know, so yep. technically we don't owe you a dime. See, this is – I can't find the change in that, and I can't find right. the change in it politically, you know, that this right. kind of thing is okay. You know, I, I can't – you know, I understand, you know, the banner cries of these big movements that make the media, you know, and then everybody's, you know, marching all over the world. But these, these issues, like Kevin Strickland's issue, you know, or like the movie Just Mercy, you know, they talked about, you know, and again, the names escape me, even though we covered them in the show, I haven't memorized them. The brother who had started, who had developed this whole agency around wrongful incarceration. You know, right. these aren't, see, repetition is the problem, y'all. We don't have enough of these. I don't know if you all have ever looked at, you know, just scan Netflix to see the plethora of movies and just trying to find something you want to watch, I'll ignore the fact of how many movies I've gone past just trying to find one I want to watch. And it's like, but wait a minute. All these movies have been made and have turned a buck and have starred people I may never have heard of, but they were all white, you know, and and the vast majority of them. But they had a chance to hone their crafts in these movies that haven't turned a nickel. Black movies, mm-hmm. they got to mm-hmm. hit the mark when they're made. They, they, they ain't going to be another one. You know, so you exactly. know, Spike, Spike makes a handful of movies. John, um, well, my man, John, 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 uh, who did uh, Boys in the Hood. How could I Singleton. forget his name? Oh, John, John Singleton. Singleton. Yeah. You know, died too soon for my point, you know, but then again, he should not, that should not have mattered when he died because it should have been 
black producers, directors, screenwriters, actors. There have been so many that, yeah, you know, we, we grieve um, uh, Brother Singleton, but, you know, there's there's a whole legion of those who followed in the footsteps of Gordon Parks or, you know, man, you know, I had a chance to kick it with Sam Greenlee before he died um, a few years ago. And he did the spook who sat by the door, uh, both the book and the movie. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. I remember that. And and, uh, he was living at 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 a halfway house, so to say, for lack of a better way to put it, a support home. You know, when um, I was kicking it with him, and um, he had lost everything to drugs. But that wasn't the, the point of the conversation. The point of the conversation had to do with he made the movie, The Spook Who Sat By The Door, which I had not paid attention to because we rarely paid attention to credits when we were watching movies because we were too busy enjoying the fact that we'd seen a movie with about black people. So I didn't even, yeah. I didn't even pay attention to the fact that he, I knew he wrote the book, but I didn't know he also did the movie. And so when he asked me what I thought about the movie, right, you know, a perfect mm-hmm. opportunity to put size 11s in my just just shape, just right mouth that made it easy for it to fit, I said, man, I thought it was a poor quality movie that didn't do the book um, justification. Right. You know, and he looked at me, and when he looked at me, the look he gave me, I thought, oh, shit. Excuse my language. Uh, oh, you know, I didn't even know what I had said, but I could tell by the look in his face I had offended him. You're and about to catch said, a body. <laughs> and he said his opening words were, when I made the movie, when I heard him say that, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't, it didn't even matter what he said after that. There was, I'm thinking this brother knows that I know he made the movie. So I'm making this comment about the poor technical quality of it. What an insult. So I'm sure his comment initially was fueled by the idea of how dare him insult me that way. Of course, exactly. as we talked, he realized, and I apologized because I didn't know he made it. And then he, you know, then we could talk more freely. He even gave me a signed copy of the CD of the movie. I still have it somewhere. Or I gave it to you, oh, Will. Good. I don't remember. You know, but um, he was explaining the struggle of cre- producing a black movie, finding black backers, and he had to go with the budget allowed, you know, because it right. was impossible to find. It was only allocated to a few black movies out of fame studios like Paramount, MGM, or whatever, you know, and mm-hmm. he just couldn't do an independent movie. Neither could, you know, um, um, Melvin Van Peoples had the same, you know, these guys had to go overseas in order to make their mark, but not in America. Right. So that's the, you know, it's the problem of, of production. It's not enough of the, of, of the movies being made that, in the 60s, was starting to train people technically how to do it, and the media put the kibosh on that. So we're 50 years behind. Yeah, I guess there is right. progress, right. but we're 50 years behind. You know, so yeah. for me, I can't, I can't, y'all who weren't born, you know, at the same time as me, see progress from the 70s or 80s on, but I see a digression that has taken 50 years to even start finding its stride again. You know, so I have a oh, hard wow. time calling that progress and change. Yeah, it's like, man, we're we're fifty years behind. That's the, you know, mm-hmm. and we're fifty mm-hmm. years behind in everything. 
when it comes to Hollywood. The hidden figure. They didn't expect one one sister to live as long as she did. You know, that they held right. off as long as they could. Finally, had to come out with the movie. Yeah, you know, I mean, just, you, right. know, man, it, it, you know, I mean, and 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 one last point, and I really will shut up, y'all. I'm gonna get out the way. You know, how can somebody like Clarence Thomas sit in the Supreme Court on following in the footsteps of Thurgood Marshall, and nobody even talk about that? How can right. he be let off the hook like that? And that's right. all I got to say about that, man. Yeah. Because cocaine is a hell of a drug, Pop. <laughs> cocaine is a hell of a drug. That's why. Rob, 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 Rob. Rob. Amen. Hey, man, again, it's good to hear you, man. Thank you for calling in today. Amen. Hey, man, Rod, you oh, got to call back, man. <laughs> we're we're going to end up making this a two-hour show again. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Hey, man, look, uh, I'm sorry, bro, but it's it's, no, no. it's frustrating because you, you think that after the Green Mile, after as yeah. many white people that saw that and cried over Michael Clark Dutton, Duncan being yeah. Unfor- yeah. unfairly prosecuted, yeah. you yeah. know, all that was happening, then why do we have yeah. Zimmerman? Why do we have George yeah. Zimmerman? Why do we have what happened to George Floyd? If you saw that movie, then you should be like, well, you know, black people are often unfairly treated and unfairly prosecuted. So obviously George Floyd is being unfairly prosecuted. I'm going to stand up for that. And, you know, the same for, you know, Zimmerman. Why is he he doing a tour and he killed somebody? This is a murderer. And he's out here on tour across the country signing packages of Skittles giving them yeah. out to people. Because we'd just, rather just see utterly disrespectful. And, we'd rather see Fast and Furious 11 than Green Mile 2. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's, right, it's, right, it's, right. It's what is right. offered, and there's no, okay, yeah, you're right, Will. All right, yeah, Rob, yeah you're Rob, right. You know, you let's, ra- ra- right, let's wrap it up. Will, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, respect I'm sorry to, cut, to sorry, sorry to cut you guys off, man, but we're going to go ahead and, right on, and wrap Will. it up. But, right on, but again, right on. we're, we're okay, on twice right on. a week now, so maybe, Ron, we hope we can catch you uh, Mondays as well, Mondays and Wednesdays, yeah, same time. I know you're working hard, yeah. man, but, again, you be safe out there. Uh, and so, again, right, Mondays, you, 7 p.m. Yeah. Uh, shout out right to Butch on. as well. Thank you, Butch, for calling in. Adam, I see you in the chat room. Uh, also, Kim also was uh, engaging with us on Facebook. So, Thank you all again, everybody. Please be safe out here. Tis the season for thieving, so please watch your backs and know your surroundings. <laughs> and stay safe. <laughs> stay hey, safe, man. Thanks again, man. But, yeah, man. All right, Will, beautiful, yeah. man. All Thank right. you for your patience, Will. Go ahead on, man. I'm, I'm, I'm out. Yeah, oh, we're, you, we're man. good. We're good, man. Just every, every, every show, man, we're trying to provide an opportunity to exercise critical thinking. Experience a renewed Amen. self-awareness and maybe even a deeper connection with others and their experience, uh, especially mm-hmm. when we share and interpret our feelings. Ladies and gentlemen, mm-hmm. I'd like to bid you all a good uh, good night. Uh, until the next time, be safe. God bless.